0: Oh, you just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal!
1: I think he scored a goal every time he's had a shot.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We're sorry we've been off the airwaves for a little bit, but as uh, life would have it, both of us now have full-time jobs, and uh, sometimes that does get in the way of things, but we will not shy away from the challenge of incorporating our beloved podcast into the weekly routine. So without further ado, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, and someone who I would say is as dear to me as VAR fuck-ups in the Premier League. It's Billy. Ah, oh, that's sweet in
1: a really heart-wrenching, horrible, sadistic kind of way.
0: I was about to say it's—it's it's not exact. I, I just realized how non-endearing that really is. I, I'm very sorry. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be so much nicer than that. But no,
1: it's fine. This is a supposed endearing comment from the man who butchered a national dish uh, from the country of his own girlfriend. So surprisingly, still in a relationship.
0: So. You're never letting that go, are you?
1: No, I'm not, because she also looked absolutely disgusted with you when you were showing it to her. But anyway, let's leave that and let's move on to, like Lewis said, VAR gaffes and some horrendous refereeing the last weekend in the Premier League. Chelsea and Liverpool, uh, they've both got something special about their start to the season, and we'll tell you that later on. Moving over to Germany, we've got of course, Erling Haaland and his ridiculous goal scoring record. But Dortmund keep conceding silly, needless goals and Bayern scoring like no one else and seemingly void of any problems they had during their preseason. But could that be about to change with a a few injury problems in training?
0: Shall we start with the Bundesliga this week? Oh, uh, go on then. Do you know uh, what? I want to I want to talk about. Adding hard for once, it's not buy first. I say that we've actually been quite good about this. But anyway, says, says the guy in the buy shirt. I'm sorry, you have a United kit hanging right next to your right next to your face. Just have a don't even try next to it. So you know, you've worn the United kit while we've recorded.
1: Let's don't not fight even... in
0: front of the children. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Yeah, as you said, it Erling Haaland is the goal machine, but I want to get to him. We'll get to him in a minute because I want to talk about the fact that Dortmund now have conceded 11 goals in five matches.
1: It's not great. That's,
0: it... Nah, For the f- and considering the fact that they, they signed a keeper specifically because they were like, yeah, you know, the keepers we've got, Marvin Hitz and Roman Berkey are not adequate. So we're going to sign a good keeper. and. I'm going to say this right now. Them conceding is not down to Gregor Kobe because he's done... He's, I was just what? about to say, there's only yeah, so was, much
1: a goalkeeper can do.
0: There's only so much a goalkeeper can do. And if we're being honest, I, I'd i be leaning more towards what um, I, I believe Lothar Mateos said. No, it was Stefan Effenbeck, uh, the Bayern striking legend um he said for for manuel neuer and his succession gregor kobe is probably the best option at the minute which probably is going to piss off a multitude of dortmund fans as well as alexander nube all right
1: okay before we talk dortmund I just- There comes a time where you're gonna have to just let it go. Alex Alexander Nubel is not that good.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm not I'm not even gonna try and and defend it because Effenbeck is completely right. If you're being honest, of the younger generation goalkeepers who are probably who are up and coming at this point, Kurba is probably the best you've got in Germany at the minute, or in the Bundesliga. He is Swiss. So he's, you know, if if I had to pick right now of the goalkeepers who are, you know, young enough for it to be the successor successors to Manuel Neuer, probably Kobe is the best option. But you know, it's you just have to admit, you know, it's not worked out. You can't at Bayern try and bring a goalkeeper through the ranks. And you know, slowly mentor him into becoming the starting goalkeeper. You know, we saw it with Michael Rensing, it didn't work out, Thomas Kraft, it didn't work out. Eventually, Manuel Noya was bought for a record fee at the time, um, where goalkeepers are concerned. So, you know, if if, if we're being honest, you know, the, the whole experiment Nube or the whole plan with nübel just hasn't gone according to plan. Because ever since, they, ever since they announced that signing, his form just went down the drain. And then, you know, now at Monaco, you've even got ex-PSG goalkeepers uh, saying, you know, really? This guy? He's supposed to be the successor to Manu Noya at Bayern? Doubt it. So, you know, that, that exper- experiment hasn't, just hasn't worked out. But, you know, moving back to the original topic, it's not Corbett's fault. You know, they've been missing Mats Hummels. You know, he's slowly coming back after injury. And Dortmund's defensive woes are just, they don't seem to let up.
1: I, I think part of the problem is Rafael Guerrero, he's fantastic in his own right, but he's not a defensive yeah. fullback because he's, he's a converted winger, essentially.
0: Yeah, I'm, no, he's not, a, he's not a fullback. He is a wing, he is at most a wingback. And then you've got
1: Thomas Mounier on the other side, who's, what, 33, 34?
0: No, he's not bad old, but he's not going, you know, he's, put it this way, he he wasn't good enough for PSG, so, you know.
1: What does that say?
0: Put it this way, PSG are like a Ferrari at the front, but, you know, when it comes to their back line, it's just, there's no one right now that strikes me as world-class in that back line.
1: I was was reading something saying, oh, they're really missing Dan Axel Zagadou, but he's not going to make that much of a difference.
0: I'm saying, I I wouldn't say he's not make he wouldn't, he wouldn't make any difference, but, you know, he's not going to be the savior to Dortmund's defensive woes, if that's what people are saying. Like, he's, he's decent, and when he was not injured, he was doing pretty well. But, you know, if we're being honest, I don't think Dortmund are going to be solving their defensive problems with the addition of a 21-year-old.
1: And the less I talk, the less I have to talk about Paslak, the better.
0: Because honestly, I'd no, be He's right just back. no. He's just he's just not up to up to scratch at Dortmund. You just have to say he's not at that level yet.
1: Would you like a quote from Matt Simmel's? Yes, please. From uh, taken from Zone, Germany. Bring an opponent back into the game who actually didn't want to be anymore in, who didn't want to anymore because we play a bit unserious and not success orientated football. That's how we make opponents strong again. And he's not wrong because at, what was it? Two nil down. Yeah, that game was. Should have been over. That should have been well,
0: that, that game. That game should have been over. That game was over in the first half, or it should have been at least.
1: You know, it was a penalty conceded by Witzel and then a, a header from how, was it Vogel Sama?
0: Oh, Vogel summer, what a guy! What a guy! He just
1: so you know, I honest to god, I dread to think what they're going to be like if they well, not if when they lose Haaland.
0: That's the thing, right? Because that's the, that's the lifeline at the minute. And, you know, it's a perfect segue into the goal machine because that 21 year old kid, I say kid, he's not a kid. He's a behemoth, but he's still, you know, by age from an age standpoint, he's a kid and he has scored more goals. And he's played games for Borussia Dortmund at 21. Just a little statistic here because we love statistics at AT sports. After seventeen Champions League matches, Cristiano Ronaldo had zero goals. Erling Haaland has twenty. He's got more goals after seventeen matches than he than Lionel Messi. Like I know it's not indicative of where his career could of where his career is going to go, but it's indicative of where his career could go. Like, let's be real.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's important to. Rationalize at the moment because he is still young, and whilst he is some sort of freak of nature when it comes to scoring goals, there could be an injury, a move that doesn't work out, anything really, anything, (laughs) and it could just change. But he's now got 49 Bundesliga goals, 68
0: goals in 67 matches for Borussia Dortmund.
1: It's not fair.
0: (laughs) It's like, I know,
1: I know Bayern have the best all-round team. And Lewandowski got 42?
0: Yeah, 40. No, 40, 40. 40 goals. No, 41. Sorry, Jesus. He he cracked the record.
1: 41 goals in the
0: Bundesliga last
1: season. But they're in like four, five nil wins. These are match-winning goals that he's scoring. Well, on uh, let's, let's but, take a look for at the Dolphins. majority. Okay, I'm not suggesting that Lewandowski doesn't score match-winning goals,
0: but... I would like, like to point out the fact that he did score two goals against Barcelona in the Champions League midweek last week. Just...
1: Yeah, but just that Barcelona that. size is like a pub team.
0: Yeah, okay, you're not wrong. As far
1: as I'm concerned, they don't count.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, crazy to think how Barcelona just faded into irrelevance at this point. Like, you know you'd, you'd expect you'd expect like Bayer Leverkusen to beat Barcelona at this point.
1: You're actually not wrong, uh, and <laughs> uh, they're currently one 0 down to Granada at halftime, which is really funny. Uh, and on the subject of uh, Leverkusen, quickly before we uh, move on to Bayern. Florian Wertz. Oh, yeah. Scored again at the weekend. He's now the youngest player to score nine goals in the Bundesliga, seven months faster than uh, a certain Jaden Sancho.
0: Jeez. So there we go. I mean, to, fe- to, to be Germany and to be able to look at your team and say, yeah. We've got a Florian Wirtz, who's 18. Got a Jamal Muziala, who's 18. How old's Neuhaus? Florian Neuhaus, he's our age. About 23, 24. That's still really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Let's yeah, move on.
1: Let's move on before the dark thoughts come.
0: I was about to say, we don't, we don't need any of those, do we? So um, Bayern Munich, they score a lot of goals. <laughs> Just, just the seven, then, yeah. It's just not the funny. seven.
1: It's not funny anymore. It's not enjoyable anymore. Okay. And the fact that the fact that no other team in the league on Saturday scored more than one.
0: <laughs>
1: stop using up the Bundesliga's goals in your own games.
0: Do, do you know what the best the little anecdote to that match? Because, funnily enough. My girlfriend lives in Bochum. So she was actually kind of, she, she, she was a little bit, she was a little bit for Bochum as well, which I, I said was shocking in its own, in its own right. But you know, anyway, at some point it was six nil. And then she was like, I, right, do you know what? I'll bet you the full nine yards, pizza, beer, everything. That Bayon make it to eight goals. And it's going to finish 8-0. And I was like, nah, you're on seven. So they score the 7th, right? And I was like, yes, okay, now th- just stop. Just stop scoring. Stop scoring. No, 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 that's it. That's it. Done. And then they score an 8th, and I just saw I just saw the freaking money just leaving my account. I was just like, no, 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 no. It's, it, I'm, I'm going to lose this bet. I'm going to have to – the, the pizza is going to be on me, isn't it? Five minutes later, as these things are, It goes to offside and it just, it it was such a roller coaster of emotions just in front of the TV because it was just one, one of us was going to pay. Oh, it was great stuff. It was great stuff. It was the, it was the, it was the type of thing where it's like, oh wait, we're going through to the champions league, uh, champions league final. Oh wait, no shit. Uh, extra time. Oh no, he's, he's given offside. Oh no, the goal difference. It's, it's back the the other way around, except the fact that it wasn't the champions league final was pizza but we'll ignore that um
1: the 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 lesson i've taken from that story lewis yes the the keystone of any good relationship is gambling (laughs) so that's what i've taken from that story so Uh, you know what
0: if if that is put it in the uh we, we should we should put it in the comments below what do you think the keystone to any good relationship is and if you agree with billy that it's gambling you know when some heavies come and break
1: my fingers because i'm in crippling gambling debt it'll be okay <laughs> because i'm in a loving relationship
0: <laughs> well which heavy is going to be breaking your fingers because if you're if by that you know by by default you'd only be owing you know your girlfriend money so are you saying that she's the heavy who's going to break your finger?
1: Stop, like, calling my fictional girlfriend a heavy. <laughs> How? <laughs> Let's talk football.
0: <laughs> Why we're here. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Oh, we've got, we've full-on gone on the tangent. They're just, ah. Oh, I don't care. They're just staying in. Oh, 100%. Are you... I will kill you if you edit this out. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, um, can we just talk about the fact that if all of a sudden Leroy Sane is now producing? My man. Well, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Seven goals and five. Seven goals and assists in five matches. He produced the same amount in Lautaro Mateos's words in the twenty-two matches previous. Yeah, like last season, he was dire. Well, you say he was dire, but he, was still, he still produced, you know, around about the same amount of goals and assists as Kingsley Coman and Serge Knabli did. It's just the fact that in the media, this, the poor kid is portrayed as this awful flop of a talent. And the reality is that just, you know, the only reason that he doesn't perform so unbelievably well or as well as he did now in the last five games or seven games is because the media have just try have just taken every opportunity and the fans as well to completely kill the guy's self confidence. So I mean just been war waged on Leroy Sané's psyche. Not fun, is it really? But yeah, but why? What? What's the reason? He's that. That's the thing, right? You know, the 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 Euros didn't go well for Germany for any player, and you know there were enough Bayern players in that starting eleven that you could have picked anyone out and said, you know, oh, Thomas Müller, why is he missing the chance to equalize against England? And then, you know, that's that's the hopes of, you know, any quarterfinal in the Euros gone. No one's talking about that. But everyone talks about the fact that Leroy Sané had a shit in Euros. You know, like, it's no, you know, you got to see it all relatively. And no one did. You know, people booing Sané after, like Bayern's own fans booing Sané after a misplaced pass. Like, I'm sorry. That is just, that is just so low. And I don't know, I don't know what like because the thing was, everyone is expecting these unbelievable feats from Sane because he was, you know, the the most wanted player at Bayern about two transfer windows ago.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Is it an expectation thing? Is it? Does he need? Has someone? Presumably, Julian Nagelsmann said, "I, I don't care about your return. Just go and play the way you play."
0: Do you know what? I wouldn't. I would almost say that it's not necessarily just Julian Nagelsmann, although he might have something to do with it. But I'm thinking the upswing in Sané's performances kind of happened when. Um, it was Germany's first round of international games after the euros. And it was Hansi Flick's first matches as Germany manager. And after that, he sort of, you know, decided, yeah, I'm going to show everyone why I was voted uh, premier league PFA young player of the year. And, you know, I'd say it's a combination of Hansi Flick with Germany and Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern who have helped him because if we're being honest, you know, the, just, last season was just brutal for Sonny because he just couldn't, you know, he was coming back for the first full season after injury, you know, Corona hadn't exactly given him, you know, the best, you know, comeback you could have, you could ask for. So it was just like all around. It just wasn't great. And then people still expected that they were going to get the Leroy Sonny who did, as I said, win PFL PFA player of the year or Young Player of the Year in the Prem. Like, no, that's not what you're going to get after the poor guy spent one whole season on the sidelines with a torn ACL.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, he, he can't have been fresh because he missed a majority of that last season at City on the treatment table.
0: Exactly. So it's it's totally an expectation thing.
1: I think had, had he not done his ACL and Bayern had signed in the season before, or the summer before, Yeah. And yeah, expect that same level of performance because he hadn't had.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's just expectations are just not where they should be. You know, they, they, you can't, you can't expect that much from a player and, you know, you can come with every argument possible at the, you know, at this point, you just need to, you just need to look at the, look at the facts and say, the guy spent a year on the sidelines, then he was thrust into this environment of you have to perform immediately. Like, you know, I would have expected more m- this more from the English media than from the German media, but, you know, I stand corrected now.
1: <laughs> See, Bayern are a weird one because as good
0: as they are, their squad depth is, is dire. And you've admitted that yourself. I'd say it's a little bit better now they've gotten Masa Izabitsa in as well. But, you know, as you, as you have said uh, in the intro, Jamal Muziala was injured in training. And now all of a sudden you've got no squad depth for you. You've lost one vital player who provides squad depth on the wings as well as on the center attacking mid position. Exactly. Like he, an 18 year old is your squad depth across those three positions. That's a bit depressing. I, I think, mean, as good as Jamal Muziala is.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's difficult to to speculate because they haven't said how long he's out for yet.
0: Yeah, but it's a if, capsule. It's a capsule injury in the in in the knee. It's probably going to take him out from for um, three to three weeks to a month, probably. So, in, if that's the case, if he's out for three weeks to a month,
1: do you stick? Do you go with the midfield of Goretzka? Kimmich and Sabitzer, or do you just put Thomas Muller back at
0: 10? We put Thomas Muller back at 10, but the problem is, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, well, Thomas Muller, you haven't lost a starter at center attacking mid, but you've lost the depth for that position. So if Muller is injured, for instance, then you've got no depth.
1: <laughs> Your, it really hasn't come at the
0: best time. No, <laughs> no, it really hasn't. It couldn't have come in a worse time, because now you've got you know full swing. You'll have Champions League. You'll have uh, you'll have DFB Pokal coming up soon. You've got league play coming through thick and fast. This is Champions where the games, s- yeah, the game. This is where the games are coming. Th- the, the games are coming now, and it's just you know you need you need that squad depth. Well, there we go.
1: Should we hop across? Yes, please. And talk Premier League. The Premier the Premier League? And more specifically, Chelsea and Liverpool.
0: Yeah, okay. So as as Billy said in, in the intro as well, there is one very it's a it's a phenomenon that I think has it ever happened in the Prem. Or is this like a is this a first?
1: But it's the first because- I can remember.
0: Okay, well, then then I'll take your word for that might be the first ever in the Prem. But Chelsea and Liverpool both have had identical records for the first five matches in the Prem. They have scored the same... They had the same exact scores in every match day, yeah, which in so- effect ties them for first.
1: Yeah, so they both had a 3-0 win on the opening day, then a 2-0 win, then a 1-0 draw... And then two three nil wins after that, which is that's like that's pretty
0: unreal. Some weird voodoo shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that this ain't normal.
1: <laughs> is okay. I, <laughs> I got why did you send me that picture of Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp looking like oh. star-crossed
0: lovers? Is that the <laughs> reason? No, it wasn't about the star. Well, yeah, it was ki- kind of because both are now managing those two exact same teams but it's also funny to see where they came from and also Thomas Tuchel he's barely changed hasn't he from that photo we'll we'll post it, we'll post it on socials don't worry so you guys can see what it what it means but or what we're talking about but Jurgen cup and Thomas Tuchel about 10 15 years ago almost 15
1: yeah cuz this is like clock Early-era
0: Mainz. No, 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 you mean he's early-era uh, Early-era
1: Dortmund. Dortmund, sorry, and Thomas Tuchel just, must have just taken over at Mainz.
0: Yeah, okay, it might be closer to 10 years ago then. I'd say probably around this 2010.
1: Is, this is Jurgen Klopp uh, post... I don't know, pre-sorry, uh, hipster glasses, which he's now gotten rid of, and new teeth. <laughs> and uh, Thomas Tuchel still got some remnants of the top part of his
0: hair. So yeah, that man is just not letting go of the fact that you know his his hair is. He just needs. He, he just should try and shave it off.
1: Yeah, but imagine that was you, and it yeah. will be you if you keep putting your hair up in a man bun like that. Fuck off! It? Will it, will it fuck? Because they they talk about it pulling your hair back, but it won't be because of that. It's because I will just shave it off, so you can't do it. <laughs> Don't swear oh, okay. at me. That's horrible. But yeah, so they've both come a ridiculous distance.
0: Yeah.
1: But to have an identical record—that's absolutely ridiculous. I it's mean, it a helps German that one. It right there. helps that they've played
0: each other. I was about to say they played each other, and that was the one-all draw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that helps, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they've they've both had. The same scores in the exact same order. Imagine imagine the odds on that. Uh, it's got to be like there were less winning the league odds. like Probably. Multiple thousands to one for Liverpool and Chelsea to have the same score for the same match weeks.
0: I guarantee you that'll be a bet people will put on now. <laughs> yeah. There'll be like one goal that ruins it for someone. Oh, exactly, and it'll be like a million, a million pound ACA or something like that. Well, speaking of Premier League, ooh, it's, it's Billy's, it's Billy's most heated topic. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, yeah, okay. It's not just VAR this week. It's, and I'm going to call them celebrity refs. The
0: ones uh, everyone knows.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So I want to I read this. So uh, unfortunately for Premier League fans, the referees aren't focused on improving, just grandstanding and attention-seeking. And he's not wrong. So if you watch a Premier League game, especially if it's Mike Dean, Martin Atkinson, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, David Cooke, who is so useless. It actually physically makes me want to be like sick when I see him refereeing. But they turn it into the spectacle of me. You know, uh, Ronaldo's on the pitch or Mo Salah's on the pitch. Or Kevin De Bruyne is playing. No, it's the Mike Dean show.
0: Yeah, and they, they need to stop putting these referees on a pedestal. Do you want to know? So
1: after uh, Martin Atkinson's horrendous performance, and I'm not saying this is just the United fan, So the first penalty appeal from Ronaldo, I can kind of understand because there's a movement towards Souffal's knee. Okay, fine. Second one, that's fine. It's not a penalty. He's just sort of like tugged his shirt and and he's gone down. The third one, right? Kurt Zuma is nowhere near the ball. And the fact that Ronaldo's anticipated contact should not take away from the fact that he's nowhere near touching that football.
0: I'm pretty sure that was uh, wasn't Zuma. That was Kufal.
1: No, the first one was uh, Sufa, and the second one was Sufal, Sorry, the third one was Kurt Zuma. Okay, so they weren't given. They weren't even looked at by some rando sat in a bus somewhere in Stockley Park in Uxbridge. <laughs> and the one <laughs> right. The one that gets me the most though is West Ham's penalty, right? So Luke Shaw, his arm is out like a like a like a an aeroplane wing.
0: It's pretty clear cut, yeah.
1: Maxim clear on the forearm. He could make an argument for what, where else am I going to put my hand, but he doesn't even give it. He has to be told that that is a penalty.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. That should be clear as day to any referee in the Premier League, any referee.
1: And uh, the fallout from that. Martin Atkinson is now on fourth official duty for this coming weekend, which is very good. Very nice. Keep him off the pitch.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing as well, right? I still don't think they're getting punished hard enough. Like there are bonuses that they could clip. Yeah. Thing is though, it's, it's almost like a cult.
1: Being a referee because you don't know what goes on. So (laughs) there was an advert for something on Nat Geo or history or something like that. Like the secrets of the Freemasons making it sound really dark and mysterious. You could do one of that with the referees association and it would be exactly the same. There'll be some sort of like massive mansion somewhere in the middle of a countryside village surrounded by dark storm clouds and lightning bolts.
0: (laughs) Or like, uh, like in hot fuzz.
1: Yeah, like some sort of abandoned castle. And then you've got Dermot Gallagher, uh, who's on Watch on Sky Sports News, and Peter Walton, who's like, oh, let's go to our refereeing expert, Peter Walton. They, it's just, oh, I don't want to make my mate look bad. So I'm going to say, oh, no, referee's got that spot on. Shut up. You're allowed to have your own individual thoughts. We're like robots and mind-controlled gremlins.
0: You say that, but the players are no, no better when they get in front of the microphone, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, well, that's media training. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's media training, but they're still trained to say the same BS every single week. Like, yeah, I, what I, is I, the point at some point? Like like at some me. point, you have to ask yourself, what is the point of being a reporter and asking what you know, asking them questions? True, but I'd like the referees to just
1: come out once and be like, oh, look, I didn't. we didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, we had a look. He he goes down before there's contact. So even from the angle that you saw on TV, it's not a penalty. That's our reasoning. That's why we made the decision. But they won't because they're cowards and they know they got it wrong. So I will uh, leave you with this of what Sir Alex Ferguson said about Martin Atkinson in 2011. So you hope to get a really strong referee in games like this. It was a major game for both clubs and you want a fair referee. You know, you want a strong referee. Anyway, we didn't get that. I don't know why he's got that game. I must say that when I saw who was refereeing, I feared the worst. I mean, I'm not turning this into some sort of like, you know, Oh fucking weep for me! United didn't get a penalty type thing because the same thing. <clears throat> sorry, because the same thing happened in the uh, Brighton Leicester game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, also you've said yourself, you know, the the penalty given against United at the end of the match. You you know, you should have seen that firsthand. It shouldn't have been. You need to get the get the opinion of the of the VAR involved. You know. Of course not, but in the in the Brighton Leicester game, so
1: Brighton's penalty. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard is being like pulled to the ground, that's yeah. why his hand goes up, and that's how the ball hits his hand. Okay, you could make arguments either way, but it wasn't a a, wasn't a great penalty. decision. Leicester then had two goals ruled out for offside because Harvey Barnes was stood somewhere near the goalkeeper. One of them. <laughs> Yeah, okay, you could argue it was in his eye line. But the second one, it clips in off the inside of the post. There's no way Robert Sanchez at full stretch with, with Robert Sanchez 2 on his shoulders is getting to that ball. <laughs> like, use your fucking head.
0: It's hard to argue. Not going to lie.
1: I would love to get a referee on here and just ask them these questions. Not abuse them, God no, but you know why why are they so stubborn to the point where it makes them bad at their job
0: yeah i mean the thing is in germany we said we we talked about this last season in germany we've had we have the thing where you know sometimes referees actually are also asked by reporters you know what was the what was the decision making there do they have that in the premier league i don't think so nope exactly never, never seen it in the premier league that's what they should have. They should have the referee at least at the end of the match come in and say, you know, I'm going to explain my decision so and so because, you know, obviously we want to give some we want to shed some light on a controversial decision. What's the big deal? I,
1: I don't know. And the only the only point of reference we've got is ex- referees who of course, aren't going to say anything.
0: Yeah, they're not going, they're not going to be berating their ex-colleagues. And, you know, it's always, you know, like GK unions going to be referee union, you know, solidarity. Anyway,
1: now we've mentioned that. I do believe that's what we have time for this week.
0: Well, we've had a, we, we can log that episode into episode 512 of the 50 plus one football podcast where VAR has dominated the conversation once again. You know, we've been doing this podcast for well over a year now. I need a, <laughs> I need a cold shower and
1: lie down in a dark room after that.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports News on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily updates and content on the world of football. Well, at least the world of Bundesliga and Premier League. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify and check out some of our earlier content. If you want to have a laugh or you missed some stuff in the world of Premier League, Bundesliga and of course, Champions League. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.